All right. This is Polo. This is Beckett. We here. We coming. The battle continues. This is Born to Battle. Hey, Chris, you ready? Always ready, especially for today, man. I'm excited. That sounded so excited. All right. So on this episode, we're going to discuss our former love of shoes. I guess maybe we still love shoes. I still love shoes. Some of our favorite kicks. And we're going to share some of our shoe buying experiences. You know, back in the day when they didn't have sneakers app or online shopping, really. So we are being joined by a good friend of ours, George Kim. Welcome, George. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Hello, George. (laughs) Welcome to the show, my man. What's good? What's good? Man. So, George, do you remember, like, what was that first pair of shoes that you got that you're like, man, I need to, uh, I need to keep it up and step my game up? How about the the first pair of shoes that like really got me into sneakers? How about yeah. that? Yeah. Well, that's what I was trying to imply. Me and my buddies would always play ball. Like, no matter if it was like sunny out, rainy out, snowy out, doesn't matter. We'd all meet at recess and hoop. And you know, at that age. No one really cared about, you know, what clothes you wore, or what shoes you wore, or anything like that. But there was this one day, my buddy Trevor came out to recess, and he's wearing these shoes. And it's like, man, what are those? Like, those are crazy. They're like nothing like whatever anybody else is wearing. I mean, we're all wearing like Payless shoes, you know, like got Velcro, got some light up joints. But these were so different. And it was like, it was ins- insanely different. Um and Trevor was always one of those kids that like was really good at hooping. Um, so what I, I went up there and asked him, I was like, yo, Trevor, what are those? And he's just like, Oh, these are, these are Michael Jordan shoes. I was like, who's Michael Jordan. Right. At that time, like, I had no idea. I mean, like I yeah. hardly ever watched sports. I mean, TV consisted of like cartoons. Yeah. And so I was like, who's Michael Jordan. He's like, Michael Jordan's like the best basketball player alive. I was like, Trevor, what are you talking about? Like, we're the best basketball players alive. We run the court, man. Like, I was like, no, no, no. But he's like, for real, like, you know, he's like a professional basketball player. And I was like, all right, all right, cool, cool, cool. And so the Jordans that he was wearing were actually Jordan 12s. And this was in like second or third grade. So this was like 97. And they were uh, the cherry red 12s. And so that was kind of the shoe that like was like out of reach for me. And I just at an early age had to go through like, how do I make a buck kind of scenario and like doing odd ends things here and there to make some money and save up money to get in the shoes. It honestly, I, I never got them until the re retroed in like 2009. And so, but those were one of the pairs of shoes that I've always wanted to get that I, I never really did get um, until later on. But believe me, when those re retroed though, that was like, that was like, I had to get them. She was like that. Uh, elusive girl you always try to talk yeah about. yeah exactly exactly and so yeah i mean that was it for me and then from there i guess it was a slippery slope <laughs> yeah, for sure my first pair of jays that i bought like for myself were the french blue 12s yeah so that was like freshman year of high school those were good ones i remember waiting in line at the Yes, for those. 
Oh, really? Uh-huh. What were you, what was like your first pair of kicks that got you into like rocking jays? I would say my first pair that really propelled in was the low top black and blue thirteens. Okay. Um, back in I think like ninety eight. So it's right around that time when Jordan was making a big push and of course I was such a huge fan of him and everything I want to emulate. So I don't know how I convinced my parents to come for me. <laughs> but I just remember I had them and they were the flyest shoes I ever had in my life. Going from like Velcro's and all that junk when you're still old. Yep. So that did it for me. And then just growing up and hitting middle school, high school, that's when I really hit that point where I started looking at more. And the uh, first pair I bought was, I believe, when they re-retroed the uh, Black and Red 12s. Eighth grade, ninth grade? Ninth grade. Yeah. yeah. The flu games? Uh-huh. That's how uh, I really got into it. So, funny story. My mom bought me the those 12s for a freshman year basketball team wait but your brother won (laughs) so we both got them oh okay okay. so they would they would buy us a pair of basketball shoes right one pair for the season and so my brother got those and i got them too but then when uh like when they said the team shoes like they said it couldn't be any other color than like the white navy so I my my mom was like, oh, we have to buy those ones. These ones are going back, even though I had I had like worn them for like a couple of days of practice. <laughs> my mom was like, nope, I'm taking these back. Oh, you returned them? Yeah. Oh my gosh, that sucks. <laughs> yeah. As you get older, you realize how heartbroken you were now. Right. But it's funny we all have a story with those twelves, with with twelves yeah. in general. Like my first, my first, like, uh, not my first, but, uh, my first Jordan hoop shoes were 12s. They were, they're kind of rare, actually. They're, uh, the Carmella Anthony. So, uh, the white and like Carolina blue colorway 12s. Oh, yeah. And so, yeah, I remember, I remember getting those because before that it was all Nike, like a lot of Nike alpha stuff. I don't know if you guys remember that those days, but that was like, that was like the heyday. Like I love the Nike alpha stuff back in the day. It's so interesting, though, like I said, Blum, that, like, time era, uh, freshman year, eighth grade, right around there, it's where we're all, like, really dove into it and we're able to fulfill dreams of being able to get whatever shoes we want and really mm-hmm. go down the rabbit hole, per se. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So back when shoes would release... We didn't have the option to like buy them on an app, buy them online. It was in store only, mm-hmm. and you had to get there early to get a place in line, or you had to like enter a raffle when you got there. Camp yeah. out, camp out. You'd be you, so. I I have a story with Chris on this, um, but George, do you have an example or like you camped out for or or went yeah, super yeah, yeah. early? I have a, I have a couple 
it was when I was going to school for engineering and I was in Corvallis, it was one of the snow apocalypse winters. And so I knew the drop was coming and obviously in Corvallis, there's no sneaker shops, right? Or skate shops. So the closest place I knew and I would go get sneakers before is down in Eugene at Tactics. So I drove the whip in the snowstorm down the night before to Corvallis and uh, pulled up and there was like, I don't know, I can't even, I'm probably over exaggerating, but there was almost like a foot of snow on the ground probably. And it wasn't just like dry snow too. It was like slushy snow. So it was like the worst snow to drive in. Yeah. Um, didn't have like chains on or like, you know, snow tires, but I made it down there. The highway was terrible. I was going so slow for that for that drive but i camped out there was a line already out there i camped out overnight in the snowstorm waited to get my pair and obviously they, you know they were like it's one per customer or whatever um but the line actually wasn't and didn't ended up being that long and got longer the morning of and then they got in line they got their pairs but there was a lot there was more pairs than i was expecting so i i had this big big like down coat on because <clears throat> I slept in it, essentially. I didn't really get much sleep. But after I got my pair, I went to my car, I dropped my coat off, and I went back in line. And then I copped another pair. And then you know, I was like, you know what? I'm going to just try it again just because I'm here. And, the, you know, the worst they could tell me is no. And so I went back in line again, and I copped three pairs. Oh. Um, yeah. And so it kind of, like, I don't know, made me feel a little bit better about the whole situation. <laughs> <laughs> Worth it for all those then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, so I got two pairs for myself. Girls, lady, I got her a pair too. So it was good. Oh, what a sweet guy! Yeah, man. Yeah, gotta try. Gotta try. <laughs> it didn't work out though, though, did it? <laughs> <laughs> Don't buy girl joints. They leave you. <laughs> they leave you. <laughs> Chris, you have a story uh, when you had stayed out overnight or went super early for a pair of shoes a handful but you really got me interested in yours were you gonna talk about the dmp pack yep i want to hear your story i want to hear your version of it so proceed i was working at the nike store at that time so i knew that they were dropping and i knew that you had to get there that so i worked the day before and I knew you had to get there the night before to wait in line for a bracelet. So this is back when they would give bracelets for people that were in line. So you didn't necessarily have to wait in line overnight, like have people camped out, like actually on the sidewalk. They would give these bracelets out so they would know that you were actually there and then you can come back and kind of get back in your spot. I don't remember. Did we talk about them coming out before? I want to say we did, uh, to my knowledge, because I knew in advance I needed to get in for that specific day. Yeah. So uh, we ended up meeting up at the store, and I think you had to get – I think we got there when the store closed, so like 8 p.m. And um, we actually got there pretty early in comparison to most, and so we were – pretty high up in the line from the early on we stayed until i think 10 30 maybe 11 they started to uh 
give out bracelets for people to so that they could leave and come back. So we both got our bracelets. I'm pretty sure I dipped home and slept for like four hours maybe and then got back there at like five in the morning just to make sure I got my spot back like had to. And um, I don't know. Anyways, we ended up getting the shoes. But one thing that sticks out for me in particular is somebody that we were in line with. I wish I remembered his name, but I don't. But he kept, (laughs) I think there was like some security guards (laughs) that kept like walking back and forth along the line, just, you know, regulate. And so (laughs) this guy says, tough light security, Craig. So like every time you would see one of these people, <laughs> he would say this. And so I, I forever have that memory linked to that, that phrase. What about you, Chris? Um, my story is on that one also, but a little bit different perspective because so I was on the list to get in and I knew I wasn't going to be able to get there or right at the exact time for when they were going to start handing out bracelets. So actually my dad helped me out and went there like 30 minutes before me. What? Yeah, I was out working out, um, and I was like, all right, today's the day. I'm not going to go uh, train, and I didn't I wanted to skip the session. But my dad wouldn't let me. He goes, no, you're going to it. So I figured, all right, let's just show up. 30, 45 minutes late, whatever, maybe. When they're going to pass out bracelets, I remember my name was on the list, but my, not my dad's. So they kicked him out of the line, and I had to go to the back. And I was getting all this over a phone call. Tim telling me, I don't know what's going on. They won't let me in. They won't let me uh, stay in place for you. So I had gotten kicked to the back, and I had lost um, the actual shoe size I wanted. So I had to get a smaller size, and I was so bummed because I was thinking, this is not going to fit. I'm going to have to resell it. So it was stressful on my end. But then once all and I went through top flight security, mm-hmm. that morning when we were getting the shoes, they were in there, and I was a little bummed, but I was happy I was getting them. And the guy handed the shoes, looked at me, and goes, oh, these are a little small. What size are you? And so I was able to get a little size closer, still a little small, but I remember just walking out of the store in such a relief because I would have got shoes that I wouldn't have been able to wear. They were way too small. They're like an eight. I was oh. like, what the heck? So I got lucky, man. That made those shoes worth it and had such good memory of it. So mine was um, a little bit more of an addition to yours just because there was a lot of moving parts that definitely, definitely got to me. Yeah, definitely. That sounds kind of like a movie or like (laughs) a scene from a a TV show. Get in line for these shoes. I got to practice. I got to practice. I know. I was like, screw it. I don't want to go work out and do that. No, you have to. I got to. Man, I was so heated when you told me the news. I booked it over there. Yeah. As fast as I could, so. Damn, Freddie. 
holding it down. He always encouraged it. My mom probably didn't like it, but he was the one that I would say, yeah, those look nice. You should get them. Oh, Freddie Freddy is your inspiration for your he the was. leather shoes. He is a hype beast for real. <laughs> I was like, oh, that was good. You got the money? Okay, I'll give you like $20. Extra. <laughs> <laughs> so my pops look out for me with that. He loved how much I love shoes. So I appreciate that big time. Freddie uh, is an OG sure. with the swag. For sure. The EMP pack, man, that's a that's a heavy drop. I think that's like 2006, right? Somewhere around there. Something like that, yeah. The originals. I printed the DMP pack. But it's so crazy with shoes and how it has created a passion and a love. That feeling, too, when you undead stock a pair of shoes is like, and you step out, you're, you're like, I feel crispy. I'm extra icy today. Oh, so much. And it's true. I have to tell everyone multiple times. The smell of a brand new shoe yeah. is amazing. That is up there with sautéed onions. As a- <laughs> That's pretty good. It's up there. My, I mean, some of my favorite shoes are just all white. Just a fresh, clean pair of all white shoes. 90s, forces, whatever. I just like that fresh pop. What keeps you coming back? I just love the look of the shoes. I love the design. Like I'm a big, I'm big on the design, the the look, performance. I'm never gonna get the performance out of it that it's intended for, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Uh, but it's really just about that that look, and then just for those shoes that you've always wanted, but always put it like, eh, maybe next time, maybe next time. So I guess right now is like my next time, next time. <laughs> there we go. So, yeah, I definitely go through like the I'm in, I'm out, I'm in, I'm out. But uh, it usually goes back, comes back. Like we're never really out. We just take breaks. That's true. Well, that's yeah. my. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I must be on a very, very long break. Because <laughs> ever since I left Portland, there's something about not being able to have the Nike employee store and oh, the yeah. discount where once the prices got up to retail, uh, it turned me off a little bit because I was thinking, man, that's a whole lot more money. And I was broken in college and I couldn't quite do it like I used to back in Portland. So it kind of fizzled out for me. So now I just would rock cheap, $30, $40 shoes or whatever, where I'm the whole year don't care no more. I think my style as of age has gotten cheaper. Ross, TJ Maxx, best <laughs> friends. T-shirt, never more than $10. Best friends. I have a little bit of stuff still holding on to that. They're, they're great memories. Uh, interesting I uh, pulled a lot of them out. My sister helped me take pictures of them, all my shoes just in preparation to look to sell them and try to sell them. And it's so crazy when she pulled them all out. 
all the memories, everything I had looking in all those shoes and just like pure joy that ran through me again. And I felt like a kid again and almost wanted to start collecting shoes. I'd be the perfect candidate now because they'll always stay dead stock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. Hey, that resale will always be good. Right. <laughs> and dead stock forever means never touch payment. Sometimes never trade on so brand, brand new. A little FYI for everyone. Did you guys care about what shoes you wore like when you played basketball? Like, did you want a certain style, a certain player shoe? Of course, of course. I think that's why that's why we bought those shoes, right? Okay, so what did you like? What were some that you played in? I feel like the one of my favorite hoop shoes were the uh, the Peyton twos. You guys remember those at all? The Gary Peyton two shoes. Yep. Um, I mean, I love I love the glove. I mean, he was phenomenal player, and I think part of the reason why we as kids gravitate towards like pro model shoes is because we want a piece of that. You know, we want to play like them. We want to be like them. And so, for me, it was the uh, Gary Payne twos. I think I had the Kevin Garnett's. I think they were like the flight posits twos or something like that. I had those. I played in the uh, T Mac twos. You guys remember those? I do. Um, and then one that I got flack for a lot, and I think Pallone knows the story, were the Kobe twos. The moon boots. Everybody gave me so much smack about them, but I love Kobe as a player, and I never got the Kobe ones. And so when the when the Kobe twos came out, I remember saving up my money and like getting like the pre order in or whatever. And uh, yeah, so the Kobe twos were one of those shoes um, that I lo- that I loved. I mean, they were looking back on it. They, I mean, they're kind of trash, but, <laughs> but so. My brother played in those his freshman year, uh, I believe, at Westview. And he got, he like rolled his ankle really bad on a certain play. And like he actually had to go to the hospital and they like cut his shoe off. And those shoes, you can't like replace the the laces. Because the laces aren't like external, they're like hidden. Right, right. So. When my parents found out that they cut his shoe off, they were so pissed. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it's like a hundred bucks down the drain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but his yeah, ankle's man, fine. Those shoes. <laughs> fine. You guys, did you guys play? Would you guys hoop in? Mine was different. I didn't like hooping in. My nice shoes, I was always for some lightweight, supporting good traction. So I could care less about wearing my drawings uh, when open. I realized that performance over style, because when I first tried to do style, I was hooping in my high top where she bought all black patent leathers. They suck. Do not win that <laughs> I don't recommend it. Oh, I was sliding all over the place. It, it's no way. 
So I learned all about performance. If you don't want to be the player with a, oh, he's got really nice shoes, but he sucks. Bent. That's true. Starting, you don't care about my shoes. You care about me. But I will say my favorite pair of shoes, ever hooping, the Jordan Team Ones. Those amazing tracks and my favorite hooping shoes ever. I'd hoop in them first. I would hoop in them still if I could. That's what's up. That's cool. Uh, I care about performance and a little bit of swag when I play. So I play in Jordans. <laughs> I guess the last pair that I actually hooped in was the 23s. And then I think I played in the 20s as well because those ones were like intended to hoop. Remember those ones with like that ankle strap? Those ones were good. They were good. I liked them. I won once. Yeah. I liked, I actually literally liked playing in those. They were a little bulky down low. They were all intended to be hooped in. Come on. Ah. Everyone lap. has their preference. Yeah, I guess so. Played in those. I played in 14s. LeBron's. Played in some LeBron's. The oh, threes. LeBron's, right. LeBron's used to be so heavy. Oh, yeah. It's like oh, the threes are like a straight boot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's funny. My, my uh, threes, I probably worn them in my life like less than 10 times. But I ho- I tried to hoop in them like as of late, and they they started falling apart. The glue oh. was coming undone. Oh man! But yeah, it was. I mean, the original threes back when they dropped. Oh, hook me up. I got some. I got some shoes that are delaminating too. If I glue them, I can glue yours. Oh, for sure. My uh, uh, low top nines then white and blue. They're starting oh. to do them too. Yeah, the uh, front of the sole fell off kind of so it's like just like hanging. It's a bad look. (laughs) So what do you guys feel about how everything is being like re-retroed nowadays and like OG colorways drop in? Like what are you guys' thoughts on that? I think that's a really good question. That's a hard one for me to pick a side because Deep down inside, I do not want them to continue to reroute them just because how I associate those feelings and so much that comes along when they did drop and the exclusivity to them was on par with anything else. And also a little too because Jordan still was kind of playing then in those days, so had that sentimental value, but I can't knock from a business perspective and getting new people into shoes and finding their love that they might have missed out on because they weren't able to afford it or they were a little too young. It's hard to deny them because then they could have those same feelings, same memories, same everything I had, so. I don't know. I'm, it's tough. I teeter. I don't think you go one way or the other, I guess. Yeah, I agree. I was going to be, like, completely negative about that, 
the whole thing. And then I heard your response. I was like, uh, I guess he's kind of right. <laughs> I can see that side too. So yeah, I'm honestly, I'm just in agreement with what you said, Chris. That was well said. Yeah. I, I feel that too. It's hard for me to think about because I think we, I mean, you know, we were probably not old enough to really enjoy, you know, Jordan play. Um, for a lot of his career, especially the beginning, right? Um, so a part of me feels like we don't have the right to kind of say whether or not we feel like it shouldn't be done. But it's like, I think it's us being like kind of protective about the history of the shoe because a lot of people now, especially with resellers being the way that they are, it's like the people that really want them to get them that couldn't get them before still can't get them because like all the resellers are copying. And then if you really want them, you're having to pay that resale value. Right. And mm -hmm. so it's like bridging that gap is, is more difficult, even though it's possible, but it's still difficult to do. So I agree with you guys. Like I'm, I'm mixed about it. Like I think it's both good and bad. We can say though, one of the greatest shoe songs ever Air Force ones. Yes, sir. Give me two pairs. Yeah. I need two pairs. Get this so number in my apples. <laughs> so for today's ALS update, Chris, uh, you're going to share about some changes you made for your wheelchair? Yeah, so they might be a little small to most people, but I did a modification. Just because with ALS, it's always um, something you have to stay ahead of, and it's constant changing all the time. So I am a right-handed dominant person. Everything I do right-handed, and my joystick has always been on my right hand, right side. So just recently because the dexterity of my right hand has diminished a little more and the strength. A little bit of a measure we took for when it won't work, I moved everything to the left side. So I've been learning to drive now my joystick, back up everything with my left hand. So it's been an interesting challenge, but I guess I can honestly say I'm a little confident in this answer, but I adapted real quick to catch me go the same speed recklessly through my house, left-handed now. And there's always a little fun little trick when I give Taylor the chair because she has to move it when I'm getting in the show. And the, you know, a little bit of enjoyment I get. Watching her try to drive left-handed. I'll say it's tough, and I'm a little mean person for thinking that, but it's kind of fun to watch someone move as if they're just learning to drive like a stick-shift vehicle, all get jerky and everything. A little bit of hurt when she's driving, but she's getting better, a lot better. So it's a little update, but just keep you guys in the know about how ALS just kind of, it attacked everywhere, anywhere. No rhyme or reason, but yeah, I had to learn everything for the, and do it left-handed now. 
So I challenge some of you guys. Use only your left hand for a day. It ain't fun. I can do it. I think (laughs) Let me see you use chopsticks left handed. True. I don't I don't know. Well, I can stab some things with it. Oh gabo. Well, thanks Chris for sharing that. All right. So we are going to move on to our hood news. My neighbor had a garage sale this past weekend. Super, super nice lady. I joked around with her a little bit. um, And I later walked by her garage sale. And I didn't go in and look at her or anything, but I like just made some comments about, oh, are you getting any luck? Like anybody coming out? She's like, I've had one person. And I was like, oh, man, now I feel like I should go look. But I was like, "Ah, I really don't want to (laughs) look. Man, it's a four-year-old. I know. I know. So I guess in these times, do you guys feel comfortable going to a garage sale and like touching up on other people's things? (laughs) I I don't know. I definitely have sanitized law, not only for coronavirus. I don't know what a nastiness is. That's true. Yeah, you're you're not wrong. No, I uh, could, but it's so hard to find good stuff at garages. It's really hit or miss. Remember that one time we we walk we're walking back from that hike in Washington Park, and there was ha- they were having an estate sale. Yeah, yep. we walked in. We just like wanted to go see, just check it out, and everything was like super expensive. <laughs> we're just like, what? It's very expensive. It's like, oh yeah, I got this bike. It's like you know twelve hundred dollars. It's like, oh okay. Garage sales are supposed to be cheap. Yeah, that's what you would think if they're trying to get rid of stuff. Yeah. Man, rich people. But estate sales are a little different, right? Garage sales is usually like, whatever, I don't need this, I don't need that, whatever. Yeah. Estate sales is like everything that you have in your life. Like, you know, so it's, it's different. It's a different level of quality there, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, fine, fine, fine. What, what do you do with the stuff after an estate sale? Where does it go? Then you have a garage sale. Garage sales are hood, and I love them. All right, well, we're going to wrap this episode. Oh, man, that's it for today? Yeah, that is it for today. We got we got through everything. We did, and we had to edit a lot out. Because we wouldn't stop talking today. We did talk quite a bit. But, Chris, why don't you let the people know, like, what should they do after they listen to us on Apple or Spotify? Listen again. Oh, well, that too. But give us a a rating. That will help us gain more exposure. So the higher, the more ratings we get, the higher on those lists will climb mm-hmm. and we'll, we'll be able to get more exposure that way. Spread the message that we're all about. And back at bad.com. Holla. <laughs> yes, Beckettsbattle.com. You can find out more about Chris and kind of what our podcast is about. And keep waiting. 
the marathon is in the books, in the works. The chair is on its way, so hopefully we'll get it soon. And then we'll be out there training, kicking butt, and be ready for the LA Marathon in, I believe, February. So look out for that. We'll be out there sweating and everything. It's go time. That's awesome. George, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. Do you have any uh, last words that you want to leave with the people? Keep doing the good work, you guys. I know I told Pallone, but it's like, I, I like just putting you guys' podcast on, listening to work throughout the day. It's fun. It's like just hanging out with you guys and listening to it. Enjoy it. So keep doing what you guys are doing. So appreciate that. Appreciate it, man. That's what means the most. Uh, and the help you get. A little bit of education, although some may laugh. And maybe you smile or chuckle at some. Yep. Nice. You're so positive. <laughs> I love it. <laughs>